0: like we're in God's presence. We feel like we're in in the will of God and doing what God has called us to do. But many times we, we sit in church not really understanding what God wants us to be. We're in church. We're not understanding exactly what His will is for us or maybe even what direction that God would want us to go in. Amen? And the Bible says in Psalms chapter 42 verses 1 through 3 It's a very interesting passage of Scripture, but it explains a passion. And let's read this, if we could. Psalms 42, 1 through 3. It says, as a deer... Actually, you know what? They're bringing me hot water. Take this one there, too. Glory to God. That's for all you online. Hallelujah. Amen. We're real people around here. Amen. Psalms 42, verse 1 through 3. It says, as a deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God. How many can say honestly that your soul thirsts for God? You know, there's a lot of things that go on that need to go on in our lives for us to thirst after God. And one of the things that we need to understand is that we have to get the sin. I'm going to get back to the scripture, but we have to get the sin out of our life. So that as we thirst for God, that God will hear and not only hear, but he'll work on our behalf. Amen? It does not mean because there's sin that God doesn't love us. It doesn't mean because there's a problem in our life that God won't do something for us. But we're talking about hungering and thirsting for the things of God. Amen? And it says it says uh, that, that the dear Waterbrook so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God. For the living God, when shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. Do you ever feel like you are in a desolate place? You have, have you ever felt like you're, you're, you're hurting and you're lonely? Maybe you're, you're in distress. You're going through so many trials in your life, and maybe they're not evidence. Maybe people can't see what's going on in your life. But you know down in your heart, God knows exactly what is going on in your life, amen? And only us and God knows what's happening directly in our own life. But you get to this place where you just wonder, are my tears, uh, thank God for the tears, because sometimes I feel like my tears are feeding me. I really do. This is warm water for me because I'm losing my voice here. I want it hot. Thank you, sir. Anyways, I'll I'll drink this in a minute. I got to do a little bit of a bend over here to get this one in there. Whew, that was tough. Don't be laughing at me, some of you amen you young lady <laughs> my wife hallelujah praise god we can be real here this morning can't we amen i tell you what every time i preach i lose it but you're about to find out why because i get a little, i'm a little firecracker amen i like to well i'm a big firecracker okay i hear you paul but glory to god i'll tell you what i got a, I got a i got a hunger and a thirst in my life for the things of god And not only do I desire the things of God for my life, not only do I hunger and do I thirst for God to move in my life, but I hunger and I thirst for you. Because I want to see God do something in your life. You know, it's amazing. We sit in church and sometimes we look out into the congregation and we see people who are spiritually dead sitting in church. Now, don't shout me down this morning, amen, but I'm going to keep on preaching. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, when we come to church, we need to, some of us look like we've been weaned on a dill pickle. I don't know how to do it. Some of us look like we've got more problems than we know what to do with. And to be honest with you, the truth of the matter is, is there's a lot of us who have more problems than we can handle. And we really are overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. And what I'm ministering on this morning is going to give us a little bit of insight on how to get more of God in our life. I'm talking about hungering and thirsting. Has anybody in here just ever had a hunger pain where you're just so hungry you got to eat? My wife tells me all the time, she says, honey, I am just, my stomach hurts. i got to eat something quick. And I don't understand that because I tell her my stomach hurts because I've eaten so much. So I've never had a hunger pain. I don't understand what it means to be hungry. So those of you that raised your hands, and I know Pastor's one of them, he, he gets a hunger. When it's time to eat, he's got to eat. He's got a big body to fill, amen? Matter of fact, Pastor Blake says he's got two stomachs. He's got one for food and one for dessert. And he says you've got to fill them both up, amen? How many's ever heard him say that? But you know, today I'm not talking about the physical food that a lot of us aren't even putting the right Nutritions into our body with but i'm talking about the spiritual food and the things of god that we need to hunger and thirst for you see in our life we have many passions uh, you know and i'm thinking about this scripture and that's one of the words that i can think of is a passion in that scripture i think of the word passion it's passion is an intense uh, drive It's something that is extreme. And to be honest with you, there's a problem in today's world. I don't see this passion in a lot of people who profess Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. Oh, they're compassionate about sports. They're compassionate about drinking their alcohol. They're compassionate about uh, all the little drugs that they do that no one might know about. uh, And they're compassionate about those things. But one of the things I got to tell you today is we cannot uh, be in the house of God and walking in his will and with power of God in our lives uh, and be bound by these things that go on in our lives. We have to have a power, a hunger, and a thirst for the things of God. Amen. And I'll be honest with you, when it comes to drawing closer to God, in a lot of Christians' lives, Jesus takes the back seat. He's not a priority because I've got to work this out myself. I've got to I've got to find a new route. I've got to find a new direction so that I can find happiness in my life. Or I've got to find a new way to get a better job. Or I've got to find better friends. Instead of just trusting and relying in God to put those very special people in your life. You know, my wife and I, we pastored in in Costa Rica. We pastored in Colorado. We pastored in Phoenix, Arizona. And now we're here as uh, pastoring with Pastor Blake here in the church. And I'm going to be honest with you. When we came to this church, it's been a, a rehab center for us. You say, well, did you come in as an alcoholic? No. Although at times I felt like it. Did you come in as a drug addict? Well, yeah, a little bit. Our parents drug us to church when we were kids. Did you, did you come in, uh, you know, abused and, and beat down? Well, yeah, we did a little bit, just like everybody else. But you know what? We came in with a lot of burdens uh, and a lot of hurt uh, and a lot of things going on in our own lives that people don't understand that even preachers go through those things. You see all the time on the news, you know, the things we're passionate for. These athletes, uh, they're making all this money. But do you know that they lay in that bed at night uh, and they worry about finances? Do you know that they lay in that bed and they worry about their health uh, and they worry about things that go on in their life? Let me tell you something. If we will draw closer to God and if we will hunger and thirst for the things of God, we will be all right. Hallelujah. And yes, your foot is going to slip off of the pedal on the bicycle. Yes, you're going to fall off of the skateboard. Yeah, you may run into the curb with your car tire. You may get into a crash. You may this, you may that. But I got news for you. God, he will help you out if you will trust in the Lord. If you'll surround yourself by people who have a hunger and who will have a thirst, you will be all right. Glory to God. You know, the problem is not that God doesn't want to have a personal, intimate relationship with us. But the Bible says, let's take a look at what the Bible says in Psalms chapter 2 verse 8. It says, ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possessions. You know, God has big promises for us. God, he shows us uh, the big wide path where we can go in or the narrow path where we can, you know, see the blessings of God and stay where we need to be. He promises all of these, these blessings and all of these great things to us, but sometimes we're so muddled by everything that goes on in our life that we cannot see past our own problem to get to what God has for us. Isaiah 1-8, 118, it says, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Then you jump over to the New Testament. It says in John 15, 13, it says, greater love has no one than this. He says, no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Amen. That's a powerful scripture. Amen. Listen, verse 14, right after that says, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you to do. (laughs) <laughs> Lord, you're going to be my friend if I do what you say to do? Well, praise God. I guess I'll have to stay off of that, uh, um, uh, what do you call it? I'm going to mess up all morning here, but it's the face whatever junk. Come on, help me out, Paul. Facebook and InstaFrame and all those stupid things that we, we get ourselves uh, so bound in. You can laugh at me all day. I see you all laughing at me. But the truth of the matter is I, don't, I hate it. I can't stand it. You can ask my family, anybody that knows me, and I will torment you to the day I die. I promise you that because there's nothing good on that thing. I have it because I have a business, and our businesses have to do what they have to do, but I cannot stand it because everybody's trying to get into everybody's business. And then you wonder why the wife left with the other wife, and the wife left with the husband, and the the dog left with the chicken, and you wonder why all this stuff happens. Because everybody knows when you're on vacation. Everybody knows when you had a sleepover at your friend's house. Everybody knows where you were and what you did and where you spent your money. It's like going into a, as I was listening to Pastor Marshall preach when he was here for the revival. I remember one of those sessions where I went in, I was one of his counselors. We went into the the prisons and we sat there. And they told us, we're going to take you guys in. And I was raised in a family where, where, where prison was, was a normal thing, where we would go visit our dad in prison. And I, I remember the, the, the things that they do, they get psychologically into your mind. And these people that were head of the prisons, they said, within five minutes, the prisoners that you sit before, that sit before you, they'll know everything about your life in five minutes. And, you know, I'm with some pretty tough guys. They're like, oh, ain't nobody going to get into my life. Nobody's going to know what's happening to me. And in five minutes, those guys knew everything about every single person in that room. They're like, oh, man, we haven't seen a football game in years, man. They'll say, "I'm, I'm, I'm a Redskins fan, they'll say. Which I don't know a whole lot of people that would say that, but I'm messing with you, brother. Or you tell say, oh, I'm a Bronco fan. Well, guess what? You just told them where you're going to be on Sunday. You just told them what your favorite color is. You just told them what city you're from. You just told them how long it took. I mean, in five minutes, you'll tell them everything about your life. And they're in your mind. They're in your life. And that's what InstaFrame and FaceTime and FaceChat and all this garbage is all about. And anyways, I'm going to get off of that. That's not even in my sermon. Praise God. Praise God. I threw that in for free. But I'll guarantee you this, it's destroying our children's lives. It's destroying your husband's life. It's destroying your wife's life. Listen, we ain't got no business. You know, I was, I was raised in church where the pastor would tell us, he said, get on the phone. He said, get off the phone and get on the throne. Get on the throne. God is on the throne. Hallelujah. Jesus is on the main line. Tell him what you want. Uh, call him up. Uh, call him up and tell him what you want. Hallelujah. Now it's get on Facebook, get on this, Uh, get on that, Uh, get on over here and tell them what you need. Amen. Anyways, I'm going to get off of that. Jesus said something very powerful in Matthew chapter 5 verse 6. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. He said, for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Hallelujah. And I'm going to let the Holy Spirit lead me this morning. I promise you, I've got, I've got a sermon right here, and I'm gonna, I, I just feel led by the Spirit of God to do what I did this morning. You know, when we're talking about letting, uh, as Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled, they shall be blessed, and their wells will overflow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's talking about, you know, I added to that scripture, but God is saying that his blessing is so large, so big for every single one of us. But sometimes we're not willing to allow God to do what he wants to do because we're so busy crying over all of our problems in life. I would say back in 19, I'm sorry, 2006, God was dealing with me as a businessman. And we had been in business for approximately well, over 10 years at that time. And God began to do, he, I was running from God. We're talking about here the hunger and the thirst for God. I've always had a hunger and thirst for God because of where he brought me from. He took me out of the miry clay and he set my feet up on the rock to stay. He gave me a voice to speak. He gave me the hands, uh, oh, to point and preach. Hallelujah. The feet to walk in places that no man wants to go. Hallelujah. And I was running from the call of God in my life. My wife has always wanted to be in ministry. My wife always wanted to marry a man that had a passion for God that would stand up and preach the gospel and tell the truth. And here I was a deadbeat in the church. Don't shout me down on that one but I was a deadbeat. I sat in the church. Everything was good. Came in, kicked back. I'd lay down in church. Had an attitude. And my wife would tell me, you got a fat attitude. Yeah. Well, I say, thank you, baby. I love you too. Because I had an attitude. And when you have an attitude, you don't really care what comes out of your mouth. You don't really care where your feet go. You don't care where your hands go. You don't care where your mouth goes. You don't care where anything goes because you're a walking attitude. And I know I'm not talking to anybody here. Y'all are saints. Y'all are angels. I know I'm talking about someone else down the street. Actually, I'm talking about me. And here I am in this place in my life in 2005. Everything is just in my hands. Business is great. God is blessing me. Of course you think that. You think everything's great. You don't realize you're going into debt because you're spending so much money. You're doing this. You're doing that. And and you you think you're at the top of the world. I get a phone call one day. And it says, you know, we want you to come out and we want you to bid this this humongous uh, project that we have for you. It's the Denver International Airport. Did you know it's the busiest airport in the United States? Probably not today because they had an engine blow up yesterday on a plane. But it's a busy place. And what happens to me when I'm already feeling like I'm at the top of the world? And I'm blessed and I'm thinking, man. And, and, and I got news for you. Let me just tell you exactly what it is that I was doing. Because you might think, well, he's an engineer. He, he's this. He's that. No, 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 no. I am a window cleaner. The happiest window cleaner that you'll ever know in your life. Because my little squeegee goes this way and it goes that way. And I say, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Ching, ching, ching. Oh, I didn't say that. Oh, thank you, Lord. Ching, 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 ching. Glory to God. All day long. You wonder why my finger stuck like this? That's why. It's that little squeegee you got me. 30 years of it is a long time. I love what I do. When I got that phone call from the the city council of Denver and the members of the government of Denver, Colorado, and they said, we want you, your company to do our work for us. Man, I tell you what, my head was so big, I walked in that place thinking that I was King Jaffe Jaira. I tell you what, I thought I was somebody. But you want to know what happened? God had a different plan. He said, those that hunger and thirst after me even if it's deep down in that spirit of yours that nobody else sees, there was a hunger down in there. My mama had prophesied after, over me for years saying that God, she, God showed her me preaching in front of thousands of people, preaching the gospel, and people getting saved and healed and delivered. Man, I'll tell you what, when that seed begins to grow, I'm telling you what, there's nothing you can do about it. It's down in your spirit. Hallelujah. No man can take it away from you. No spirit of rebellion can change it in your life. And here I am, I walk into that Denver International Airport. This little old dude, I, I'm, I know I'm big, don't, but don't say that, okay? But I walk in that place, and I just sign, all oh, that contract right there on the dotted line. Man, I felt, like a, I felt like an instant millionaire. You know, you don't understand the pain and the hard work that goes into a contract like that. It's a lot of work. There's a lot of glass on that building. And I was so excited. I came home. We were pumped up. I had all the pastors in Denver lined up. One was going to do this. I had to hire all these guys, non-working supervisors, to be on the job site. How many would like a non-working job and get paid good money? And at the time, it was $32 an hour, non-working supervisors, and I needed nine of them. How many would have volunteered for that? You'd have drove from Colorado Springs to Denver every single day, wouldn't you? Matter of fact, I could afford to buy a hotel, get me a hotel three nights a week for that. My head was so big, I was at the top of the world. I hadn't even made a penny off of it yet. But I was looking into the future. I was looking beyond my own abilities. Actually, I was actually looking at my abilities thinking that I could do it all. And one night, matter of fact, it was the very next Sunday after that that day when I signed that contract. I'm sitting in a church service and I'm sitting right back here, about in the back area back there. And we're worshiping. Pastor Jones is preaching the sermon. I'm sorry, I'm moving all over the place if you're at home having troubles following me. But I got to minister the way God's telling me to minister this morning. And as God began to deal with me as I sat in the back of that church, (laughs) I heard his voice. You say, how could you cry in the morning and cry in the afternoon? I'm... It's, it's the most amazing change in my life. It was even more evident to me of a change than when I gave my life to Jesus. Because I heard God's voice and it was an audible voice and it said, my son, I am calling you into the ministry. <laughs> you have to understand I was a rebel. I was a punk. I was one of those kids that sat in the church was no one gonna tell me what to do. I'm a big boy, I've made it through life myself. No one's provided for me, I've done this. You know, we all grow up with those insecurities and we all have been there. And I get to that point in my life, God speaks to me that night in that church service and I fell over in my chair and I was weeping. And I was crying to God, asking God, "What you?" first I was like, what in the world was that? I'm looking over, who's talking over there? Please be, be quiet. And all of a sudden, I hear it again. And it was God. He spoke to me in an audible voice. My wife looked over at me. She didn't know whether to call the police or get the preacher down to Castle Devil out of me. She says, what just happened to you? I says, God spoke to me. She said, what did he say? She already knew it. She said, What do you say? I said, He said, I was going to pastor church. Man, I can't forget the moment that I told her that. She lifted her hands up and began to pray, began to call on God. Because there was a hunger and a thirst to do God's will in our life. Although I did not feel qualified, although I didn't feel like anybody, although I, I, I was struggling in life just like everybody else to make ends meet, thinking I was at the top of the world, had just signed this contract. Now, how am I going to sign a contract for this large amount of money and then all of a sudden be called into the ministry? It just doesn't make sense. Because I got news for you. Honest preachers don't make a lot of money. Honest preachers have a lot of suffering. Like our pastor, Pastor Blake. Pastor Blake. When he was in the mission field, I remember when he didn't have money to go eat lunch. I remembered I was there. There was days where I would take him to lunch. Every conference, when they would come back from Costa Rica, I would take Pastor Blake. And I would, it wouldn't hurt some of y'all that, that, that can bless somebody to do this, but I would take Pastor Blake. I took several of the pastors from overseas. I'm not hooting, tooting my own horn, I promise you that. But I would take him to the Foot Locker store. And I would tell him, you buy any pair of shoes in the store you want. Because he loves basketball and he loves tennis shoes. Jordans, he loves them. Not like he loves God, but he loves them. And I would take him in there because, honestly, the truth of the matter is, is at that time in my life, probably money was my God. You say, well, what's the rest of the story? Well, the rest of the story is I had to call back to the city of Denver and say, I'm releasing myself from this contract because we're going in the mission field. God put everything together. The impossible was impossible. Impossible. The language institute would not accept us. Had no room for our children in the school. Had no room for one of us in the classes that we needed to take. The, 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 the airline couldn't get anybody else on the planes. The, the, the director of the school said there's no way. We My wife called for days and days and days. But little did we know was that our God was at work on our behalf. All because of a hunger and the thirst that we had for God. I got a lot to preach up there. I'm not going to get to it. But I'm going to tell you this, because of our hunger and our thirst for God, because we had a desire to do something for God, you say, do I have to go and pastor a church to fulfill that? No, it doesn't have to be that. But it has to be what God has called you to be. You can't decide what God has called you to be or who God has called you to, or what he's called you to do. That is not your choice. It can line up with what God has for you, your your thoughts, your decisions. But it has to line up. And when I surrendered that, let me tell you what happened. We, we sold all of our, the houses that we had. We had two homes. We sold our, our, our businesses that we had at the time. I'm not going to get into the worth of all that. It's not even important. Because I work hard today, and I still struggle to pay my bills like everybody else. But I'm going to tell you something. We gave up what the world had for us, and we accepted what God had for us. Amen. Amen. Oh, don't get me wrong. We know our wives love to spend money. There's no doubt. There's no doubt about that. But she would take this life over any life of luxury because of being in God's perfect will. Because of calling and hungering and thirsting for God. You know what? We've, we were able to see things that, that we would never have ever been a part of if we would not have answered the call of God. And a matter of a fact, we would not be here today. Because we went to Costa Rica looking for our destiny. Where is she? She's somewhere. Hiding from me, probably. Anyways, we like to joke about that, but it's the truth our land and married to destiny. And that's Pastor Blake's daughter. And God has a plan. He puts everything together. And it's a perfect plan. It's not your plan. It's not my plan. It's God's plan. And you know, one of the things I want to encourage you about, and I know we're going to close this service here in just a few minutes, and uh, I just want to encourage you to know that when you are hungering and thirsting after God, even though it might not be evident on the outside, We need to be obedient to God. We need to trust God that he is not a liar. That he is a man of his word. And no matter what it is that he has promised you. Listen, the promises of God are not dead. Hallelujah. We need to believe that today. Amen. You say, well, do you still clean windows? You better believe it. I do. My boys would love to see me clean more. But I love it. It's what I do. It's what I am. And of course, we do other things. But the truth of the matter is, is I would trade everything. And I, would, I want everything to be like it has been in my life. I would trade all the fame, all the fortune, if I ever had it or, or touched it, whatever the case might be, to have be right into the will of God for my life. My wife and I, I mean, we, we are just so blessed. Amen. You know, David was man, He was a man in the Bible, and he had a deep hunger for God he had a deep hunger for God. And if you have a deep hunger for God, it doesn't matter what you go through in your life. That is not an excuse or it's not a pass to say, go out and live your life any way you want to live it, because that is not the answer. But to have a hunger like David had, he, God loved him, used him, did so much in his life because David had a heart after God. And I want to just say a couple things here. What what, what, I want to talk about just, just a couple things because I know we're going to end in just a moment. But I want to talk about what fire. Has anybody ever seen a fire on the side of the highway? There was a story that I had read in 1666. Hopefully none of us, there might be a couple of you that were there around then. Just kidding. In 1666, there was this building that it, it started on fire and it, 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 there was a big fire. And the fire was so hot and so deep that there was a seed that was underneath that building for years It had been there. But what fire does is fire purifies. It cleans. It, 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 it reshapes. It, re, it, it, it does all kinds of things that we can't even fathom. That seed began to grow in that ground underneath that fire. And, and, and I'm from Colorado, so I was saying that I, we've seen forest fires shoot across the highway. And if you go to the conference uh, in in this coming uh, July, you go to the conference, you'll go into that place, and you'll see right as you go through Raton Pass, you'll see the whole left side of that mountain. It just looks different. It looks like a beautiful place because it's a a deeper grass. Mike, Mike just drove by there this weekend. It's a deeper green grass than you've ever seen in your life. And those trees are starting to grow back and flourish. And they're starting to grow, and it's a beautiful place. Do you know that that's what God does? in our lives when he uses fire to change us now you're thinking of a physical fire like the fire forest fire i'm talking about but i'm talking more about the fire of god you know and god's fire isn't always a fire um you know like like number one was a fire of god's uh it presents god's purity and that's what i was trying to say is it purifies god will purify the fire of god will purify Number two, the fire of God, it presents his judgment. And I've got tons of scriptures. If you'd like them sometime, I'll I'll share them with you. But God is also a God of judgment. We we know what God did with the sin of homosexuality in Sodom and Gomorrah. He sent a fire and destroyed it. So we know that. uh, Number three, God, the fire of God, it it represents represents his presence. You look by that place and you say, Man, God was here. You know, you say, Well, someone lit the fire. No, this, what what happened after the fire is God. It purifies, it cleanses. But that building in 1666, it was actually a fire in London. And they called it the Great Fire of London, England. It was so hot, it was so intense, that the the fire penetrated the soil so deeply that after this fire, it was unknown flowers. That's what it was. Unknown flowers began to spring up from long ago buried seeds in the ground. Those seeds had been, those flowers had been extinct. They didn't know what they were. We wouldn't know today what those flowers were. But only God can do that. The fourth one is the fire of God represents God's power. And you begin to see all of these things in action in your life when you surrender to God. You begin to see God's purity at work in your life. You begin to see God's judgment where God begins to speak into your life and say, This is not pleasing to me. Got tons of scriptures I could have gone into. But God's judgment is real. And we're all about to meet God's judgment one day, hopefully sooner than later. And then you have God's presence, which is what we feel right now in this place. His presence is here today, His presence is at work in your situation. His presence is at work in your marriage. It's at work in your finances. The question I have for you today, is there a hunger and is there a thirst in your life today to cause you to reach out to God? Or maybe, is there a hunger and a thirst in your life today that would just allow you to hear God's voice? You know, sometimes God is just saying things in a whispering voice. Some of us, We get a little bit closer to God. God, what did you say? And some of us even go, If you're hard of hearing, you do that. And God's saying, Come a little closer. Get a little closer. And when you get right up to the mouth of God, you can hear what he says. Are you willing to hear God's voice this morning? Are you willing to hunger and thirst for the things of God? You know, God has the perfect man for all four of you girls right here in this front row. He knows who he is. He knows what his name is. He knows what color his hair is. And I tell all the young people, I'm just picking on these four girls for right now. I tell them, pray for your husband. Pray for him now. You say, I don't have a husband. No, you don't. You're right. But you do somewhere out there. Jesus is your husband. But Jesus has, God has that perfect man for your life. And what happens is sometimes we choose the wrong guy. Because I'm going to do it my way. Instead of waiting on God. Did you hear what I said? Instead of waiting on God. You say, well, how do I find that right person? You hunger and you thirst for God. You don't waver in your life. You don't go up to the wrong person and give yourself away. You don't just throw yourself at somebody because they're handsome. When my wife and I dated, I said, honey, you stand right over there. You're too beautiful. I can't be around you. There wasn't no sleeping on her couch in her daddy's house. Huh. Huh. I got news for y'all. I was going to sleep outside before I slept anywhere. Was it her I didn't trust? Was it me her daddy didn't trust? Probably, but (laughs) no. It was the devil. We don't trust the devil because the devil's real. The devil will kill, steal, and destroy. And he's out to get you. I got news for you. If you haven't noticed by now, he's out to get you. And I promise, I promise you, I am not speaking to anybody in this place particularly i didn't just call you out i promise you i'm not speaking to you i understand their circumstances this is the holy spirit speaking and you know what some of us need to hear it we need to know it but we need to hunger and we need to thirst for the things of god let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning god you're so worthy I want us to all stand up to our feet this morning in your, in your homes this morning. If you want to stand up, if you can. We're, we're in the presence of the Lord right now in this very moment. If I could have every head bowed and every eye closed this morning in reverence to the Lord. God is at work, He's, he's moving right now, He's dealing with our hearts. He's dealing with secret sins right now. He's dealing with dark moments of hatred, anger, and bitterness in our lives right now. This one thing that the Lord put in my heart this morning, unforgiveness, it's a poison that will destroy us. Father, right now we come before you, Lord, and we ask you to touch every need in this place. I pray that every sickness would go right now in the name of Jesus. I take authority over every foul spirit. I charge the gates of hell, and I take authority over every demonic spirit that would touch this church. Your people, God. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. We trust you. That you are a man that would not lie. That you have our best interests at hand. And God, we want to please you with our whole heart and our whole life. Everything that we are. Before we go any farther, if there's anybody in this place, you're here today, you say, Pastor, I am not saved. I'm not right with God. And I want to surrender today. I want to surrender my life. If that's you, just lift your hand. Come on. Put it up. Put it up, put it right back down. I see these hands. How many more? Don't be afraid. This could be your very last breath today. You never know what what tomorrow holds. How many more all over this place? You say, you know what, Pastor? I am, am I'm a believer. I believe God. I know God. I love God. But I am not living my life right. If that is you, put it up. I see these hands. How many more? I don't want you to worry about what you could lose. Because I'll tell you something, if you lose something for God's sake, you're a champion in God's eyes. You won't have to worry about that. How many more all over this place? Just put it up and put it right back down. I see these hands. Thank you. I saw that hand. I know God's tugging at the heart. Come on. That was little. Put it up. Put it up, buddy. God knows. He knows your heart. Praise God. How many? Praise God. How many more? How many more? Listen, this doesn't mean you're the chief of all sinners. Doesn't mean you're the grandest uh, hypocrite in the world. No, this just means that there's some things you're struggling with in your life and you want to surrender to God. Come on, put it up. Matter of fact, let's just open up this altar. If you lifted your hand up this morning, I want you to come down. I don't care if you're a leader in this church, you had your hand up. I want you to come down to this altar and I want you just to talk to God this morning. Come on. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, you're worthy God. You are awesome, Lord. Oh, they're coming. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Give the Lord praise this morning. Oh, thank you, Lord. We love you, Jesus come on they're coming they're coming come on just lift your hands up praise him worship him put your hands together oh yes Lord we thank you we worship your name Lord you are mighty God hallelujah oh yes Lord you're worthy I'm gonna pray a prayer is there anybody else here today Let me give you one last opportunity to step out of your seat and come down to this altar. God knows who you are. There's, there's, There's someone else. And you cannot be ashamed. You cannot be ashamed. Don't worry, I'm not looking at you. I'll close my eyes. But I will say this to you. This is... Your destiny will depend on it. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you, Lord. Let's pray right now, if we can, all over this place. Those of you that are at this altar this morning, I want you to pray this prayer. And I want you to mean it from your heart. You got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Sometimes you got to put your foot down hard. Sometimes you got to slap yourself silly and come out of it. Sometimes you've got to wake up. Instead of putting that nasty old cigar or cigarette to your throat, to your mouth, crumble it up in your hand and throw it away. I promise you, I'm not being mean here today. I'm not. Because I know we all go through things. But when you fully trust and surrender... That blessing will trickle down, and you talk about a wonderful generational blessing instead of generational curses. God will begin to do new work. Let's pray. Repeat this prayer after me in your living rooms this morning. You can pray this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I ask you to come into my life to be my personal Savior. I'm done playing games. I am real. I am for real. I'm making a fresh commitment today. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I surrender my life to you, Jesus. I love you. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I will serve you from this moment forward, and I will never be the same. And I give you all the praise, and I give you all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a big hand clap of praise.